Welcome Northeast Conference fans to our latest NEC Now podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. I am joined by St. Francis Brooklyn's Director of Athletics, Irma Garcia. Today we will be discussing her career and the role of women in collegiate athletics. Irma, thank you so much for being here today. It is truly an honor. And it's a pleasure to meet you, Skype or Zoom, but it is a pleasure to speak with you. Anyone from the NEC has always been uh, a good brother or sister to me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. When you were named Director of Athletics back in 2007, you became the first Latina to lead a Division I program. The fact that it even took that long is another conversation entirely, but how did it feel stepping into this role, and did you feel pressure being the only one? Well, when I was I was an associate AD at the time, and um, my predecessor had just stepped down, and so um, they put me as an interim first, and then I went into uh, what is the Women's Leaders Association, but... Back then, it used to be called the NACWA. And um, so I went to the leadership. It's an executive leadership. People were, again, prepared for uh, to become a director of athletics. And it was there, Gloria Navarez, who is now um, West Coast commissioner. Um, she was the one who said, I think you might be the first Latina. And I was like, there's no way. This, this, this is crazy. And so they did the research. And yep, I was. And so there was some sort of pressure. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I've never been a director of athletics. I know that as a as a deputy or number two, you're you do a lot of the the legwork. Um, but the scope of being an, a director of athletics it was so much bigger. Um, but I took the challenge. And the one thing I learned while I was there during that week was that it's it's not just about me. It's about what I do with, with this role and how I can help others get into this role of being a director of athletics, whether it's um, you know, minority women or even young men, men of color, international kids. How do we get this out there and what's my role moving forward? Um, and so I've taken the role that um, just, just be myself. Um, I love stories. I love to talk to people. And um, my advice is really listening more. So I listen and then I give very few words and hopefully they can get inspired. Um, I remember that was the word that you, usually you pick a word out and mine was to, to inspire. And so I've taken that and, and what is it, 14 years later, I'm still still doing, that's my role is to inspire and make and make sure that women, um, they, they have an opportunity just like I did. Yeah, and Inspire is definitely something you have done in this position. It's really incredible to see. And in the conversations I've been having this week, I've heard a lot, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. How did you deal with not having that direct representation as you were rising through the ranks? Well, I mean, I don't necessarily say that, you know, that should be the the mm -hmm. way. If you don't see it, you don't feel it, whatever you just said. But I, I think it's really important that you surround yourself with good people. Not not yes people, people who are gonna help you pave the way and help you get move move ahead. And I've had men who have inspired me. Um, my predecessor is, is a mentor, still is to this day, and has allowed me to grow in my role. And he always said about you gotta you gotta be willing to change and you gotta be willing to be creative. You gotta be willing to to um, uh, just be in the know and just be able to share what you know at that moment. Um, so, I mean, I had Marilyn McNeil, who was at Monmouth University, was a huge mentor of mine. It still is. 
And she's the reason why I've got into the women's leaders and kind of paved the way and said, Irma, and I've always still call her just like, what, what can you help me with? What can we do? Uh, how can I handle this? Uh, so I've had people all around, people who were really good that had allowed me to grow to be Irma Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing I've learned is that I don't want to be like anybody else. What I want to do is inspire people to find their, their person within themselves and grow within that and then just share that as much as you can. I don't believe there's a right or wrong answer. I think that we all have an opportunity to to speak our minds and um, allow people to understand that judgment is not good, but hearing all sides is very important. And so that's how I see it. Um, And I've taken that from little bits of everybody that I've come in contact with. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. Um, according to the most recent NCAA demographic data, less than 15% of Division I athletic directors are female. Within that number, only 3% of all Division I athletic directors are women of color. What improvements do you wish to see in this space for women of color, aside from obviously just having more? I'm going to tell you those women that are in the seat that I sit in are extremely powerful, mm-hmm. um, extremely generous with sharing their ways. And they get things done. And if you sat in one of um, our calls that we have every, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, they keep changing it. Um, it's it's powerful. And um, so we just got to continue to find student athletes, similar to what you are doing, and um, just talk about what we do or let them mirror us. Let them come, you know, th- there's there's opportunities there. But we got to get them young. We have to start teaching them in, in college. I, I would even say go back to the high schools and say, what, what do you want to do? And if you want to work with people, this is a great opportunity. Uh, when you want to make a difference, this is a great opportunity. If you want to be a difference maker, incredible opportunity. Um, so it is our duties, our duty to make sure that we spread the word. It's not, It's. I don't want to be the only one. I don't, I, I think... Uh, Many of us, even those 15% say, what, it shouldn't be just us. It's important that we teach, we mentor, we ins- continue to inspire to get more women, women of color, black, brown, um, it, it, and I gotta say international too, because they're, they're, they're a minority too. Mm-hmm. And to be able to get them to see that they can make a difference in athletics. Yeah, definitely. One of my hopes with these conversations is that someone will listen to it and be inspired and think, hey, I can do that too. So absolutely. It is, yeah, and yeah. you know what? Um, this is a big crutch for women. They always say, well, I don't know if I can do it. And meanwhile, they're the deputy or the associate or even compliance where it's really hard or fundraising, which is really hard to do. And if they're doing that job, they can be in directive athletics where the difference is, is that you're a bigger, bigger picture. And um, you have to look at the, what the college comes first. In athletics, you really worried about more of the student athlete and then work that way. But when you're a director of athletics, you look at the college first and then put the student athletes and then how we can work together to make it a better place for both. Yeah. 
So you were a student athlete at St. Francis from 1976 to 1980. Why did I show my age? I know, I know. That's okay. And returned to coach the women's basketball team for 11 years from 1988 to 1999, and then have been in administrative roles with the college ever since. Can you talk a bit about that transition from coaching to administration? And what about St. Francis has kept you around for so long? Well, there's a special, St. Francis is a special place. And I think anybody who steps into the, the college um, comes away with just saying, wow, this is just a special place. And it's really the Franciscan values, being able to serve. And that's our goal is to serve and to be humble and to be able to take care of people in a way that they've never been. So I could just say that every person in St. Francis College, when you walk in the hallways, they will say hello. And if you look a little bit lost, they will stop and say, before they go to class, where do you need to go? Let me show you and then get to class. Uh, it's just a special place. And so um, th there, there is a, a running joke, like Irma's a lifer, you know, she's she's the, um, the brother without the beads. Says, I've been there forever. Um, but I mean, I, I went to, I played basketball. I loved it. Left for when I graduated, became a teacher. And then I came back to coach only because they asked me to, and I was a high school coach at the time, had no experience to what collegiate uh, coaching was. So, I, I mean, I could say that I was just okay in coaching, but then I, I fell in love with just working with kids and helping them in a way that they can succeed outside of the, their sport. And so I moved along quickly, but I, what, what I did, I, was, I, I always found myself, and I still am, an avid learner. I love to learn and every day I find that when I wake up, I have a full day and I wanna laugh, I wanna have some sort of tears and I wanna be able to say that when I go to bed, I learned something, I learned anything. It could be just, oh, I learned how to walk a different way. Um, but it's, it's really important for me to continue to learn. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a teacher. I'll never forget how I was taught to teach. So I try to do that in everything that I do. Um, and a teacher, they want the students to always get an A. And so um, the idea is that if you want the student to get an A, it's not about memorizing things, it's about understanding things. So that's what I do on a daily basis. And I think that I've done it in every role that I've, I've been in and I've learned in every role. Now, I think that as director of athletics, and this is just my opinion, um, should have been, should be, or should have had some sort of uh, being a student athlete, some sort of coaching and some sort of administration. And that way you can understand, like when a student athlete is speaking to me, I can understand because I've been a student athlete. I understand where they're coming from. When a coach talks to me, when they, there are certain needs that they need, I understand. And I also understand when I'm dealing with like uh, the budget because mm -hmm. I've done it. Yeah, I've done compliance. I've done academics. Um, I can understand. I can sit there and say, yes. But my job is not to um, just take the information and keep it and say, this is my way, no way. And for me, is to take that information and make it where, where, where can we learn from this? Where can we change for better and learn from it? And I think that's, if I, if I do that every day, I think I could get more people to understand as opposed to memorize why we're, we're doing athletics. Yeah, definitely. Now, 1976 was only four years after Title IX was signed into law. 
What was it like being a college athlete during those first few years and how have you seen things change? Well, first of all, I'm blessed to even have received a scholarship and be able to go attend St. Francis College on a scholarship for basketball. Um, so I am a product of, of uh, the beginning of uh, Title IX. And as, as you know with anything, it takes time for it to change and change for the better. And I, I don't know if we're completely there yet. And I think that this is Title IX is gonna always be evolving. And, but it is important for those that, that 15% that do not forget. And many of those are, are my age where we don't forget. Mm-hmm. And it's important that the younger directive athletics remember that. And it's important for us to continue to talk about how important it is um, and how important it is for women, for young girls to get an opportunity the same way I did. Um, I don't lose sight of that. I try to hire uh, female coaches. I try to make sure that um, we always, always have more women's sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I always emphasize bringing more women into um, sports. And I think if you, if you, if you interviewed all 50, that 15%, you're going to get the same. Um, and there are some women who are actually doing more. Um, they have the opportunity to do more. You know, and every every director of athletics is not the same. Everybody has different roles in within. For me, I I'm always working with the college, with the president. It's very important that I see his vision, he understands my vision, and that we work together for one common goal. But Title IX, it's important that everybody that I, I come in contact with understand what Title IX has done for athletics what it has done for young women and for women like me. Yeah, it's interesting. In a conversation I had earlier this week, we were talking about how a lot of current student athletes don't know a lot about Title IX because they don't have to think about it, which is in a way the goal that they are receiving, you know, the exact same resources and opportunities as men, but it's also important that they understand where where this all came from. Well, it's funny thing you say that because, um, um, if you came into my office, there's a bowl of candy. I always keep a bowl of candy because the, as kids come, I guess they smell the candy. So they kind of, and I want them to come in and talk to me. So that's the, the catch is the candy. So they'll sit there. And if it's a, a young lady, I always, I question, they probably, they probably passed it. Don't go to Irma's office. She's going to ask you about Title IX. If you understand it, she's going to ask you, what's your role? What are you going to do? Where are you going with this? Um, so it's important that we con- continue to talk about it. And I think um, we do that well at St. Francis. Uh, I think we do really well at the conference. Um, and, you know, uh, Noreen has been a great, great role model for the young women in in uh, like, this conference. Yeah, it's also interesting that like, I obviously was very recently a student athlete and I didn't have to think about it a lot, but that was in part due to the fact that we had no men's team. So we had no one to kind of compete with for field time or resources. So it just, it has been interesting having these conversations and hearing what it was like, you know, not to say back in the day, but prior <laughs> to the day. very beginning years. I mean, it was hard back then because I mean, we couldn't and the men always had the first practice. It yeah, was exactly. When I came on as a, uh, you know, when I started as a coach, I mean, I, I had my battles I, and I fought, I mean, and, and there's, there's still times now I, I still have to fight, but I actually do it laughing because I know I'm going to win. <laughs> so. 
Um, at St. Francis, half of the women's teams are currently coached by women. This is about 10% higher than the national average. How have you been able to promote gender equity in this way in your own institution? Well, you know, it, like we talked about, it's important that, um, that the young women see women Mm-hmm. in that role. And and if I want young women to get into the field, they should be able to see their mentor should be a, a female. Um, and it's hard because there's certain sports that you it's predominantly male. And so for us to change that, and I always say, there's, and they say, but uh, there's not enough um, female coaching. Well, then get that one coach that's maybe just young, but teach her. And mm-hmm. we teach them how to coach. I think that coaching is not, it's not something that's people say, oh, I have it in me. Mm -hmm. It's part, it's a process. And um, I think that a coach, in order for them to succeed, they have to have all that surrounding that I told you about, that it can't be, yes, people, but people that will help them, inspire them. And, you know, sometimes be hard on some of the things that they're doing. Um, But it, it, you know, I, I really believe that if I can find a female coach, I'm going to find, you know, and, and I'm not opposed to even hiring female coaches for male, mm-hmm. male teams. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we're just talking with one of our coaches, um, trying to convince her to, to pick up the men's team because I think she would be really good. And it, I mean, it shouldn't be, it, it, sometimes we get caught up with the gender, you mm-hmm. know, um, male should coach male. I mean, I don't believe in that. I think that, I think women have, um, the mommy genes in them, you know, they have a, an innate uh, ability to to uh, think outside the box and, and you know, how, you know, you're not a mom yet and I'm not a mom, but I'm a mom for 300 kids. Yes. But we, have an oppo- we, we have an opportunity to make a difference because we have that kind of innate uh, ability to get a better sense of knowing what's going to happen or you go, mm, your gut feeling. We get that better than than men. Our int- intuition is, is much higher. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of coaches, just stepping back to look at the conference level, the mm-hmm. Northeast Conference is currently the only Division One conference where all the women's basketball I love it. head coaches are women. Why yeah. do you think the NEC has been able to kind of achieve this? Well, I mean, again, you have you have a superstar like Noreen yeah. and um, and then Lisa. I mean, these are people who are are in touch that we talked about in the know and they know how it's it's important for our student athletes to have that they, they could see that um yeah not only are you female but if, if, it, if it's a team that's um that requires where there's going to be more women of color it's important to, to have that as well um but they're they understand all that and they and they you know for them to constantly talk about diversity and and gender and important the importance of making sure that we're doing right by our student athletes yeah. is is just a plus for for the whole conference and we're just I'm super grateful that she's there um because I know that she's going to keep us informed and and keep us in the know yeah. moving forward so while you have been at the helm of St. Francis Athletics, your women's basketball team has reached new heights, including a program-high 19-win season in 2014 and the NEC championship title in 2015, which punched St. Francis's first-ever ticket to an NCAA championship in a women's sport. Today, led by coach Linda Simino, who I spoke with earlier this week, 
um, St. Francis women's basketball team is actually one of two NEC programs to boast a fully female staff. How valuable do you think this representation is to your female student athletes? You just gave me chills. Um, but yeah, I mean, first of all, Coach Seminole is a superstar. Um, and we're, I, I'm very blessed to have, well, I've known her for many years, but have her part of the family, St. Francis family. And I think she's going to continue to do an outstanding job. And her and I talk constantly about Title IX. Her and I talk constantly about, we got to remember Coach Seminole was, when she was at Division Two. she was an administrator. She was senior yeah. woman administrator. Mm-hmm. So she gets it. She gets that part with uh, understanding um, the athletic uh, administration. Mm-hmm. So we talk about it all the time. We talk about um, teaching her young staff to be head coaches. Okay, so th- it's not just about having all females, but preparing them to be head coaches. Mm-hmm. So if you went to a practice, you're not just listening to head, you know, the head coach, Coach Linda. You're you're listening to all the other young women who are also have their voice, and uh, and and that's what basically it is. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing your voice as a coach is incredibly powerful for our student athletes, our female student athletes. And she's just done a great job. And I um I mean I don't see her changing her ways. One of the great things that she also does is that her former students have become coaches. Yes, yes. And that's so important that we also um, inspire our young student athletes to be coaches, to be not only administrators but coach in their field and understand that role and that way they can move up and then the same thing, mentor some other younger uh, females. Yeah, it's great to see on Coach Sim's staff, yes. three of the women on her staff have played for her before, coaches yes. during some capacity, and it is just great to see in practice young yes. women getting this direct exposure and those opportunities. It's, it is really, really incredible. So the coaches and administrators and student athletes around the league and beyond speak so highly of you and frequently reference you as a source of inspiration, which totally warranted. What does it mean to you to be able to, to develop this next generation of female leaders? Well, I'm humbled to hear that. And then, um, you know, I, like I said before, it, it's just so important to use my voice mm-hmm. to be able to inspire. Um, it, it, it's just humbling to hear that. Um, I'm never going to stop teaching. I'm a teacher. I'm never going to stop learning. I learn from everybody I meet um, that come I, that I come in contact with, um, and so the next generation, which are um, you know, we we went through the millennials. I'm I'm assuming you're not a millennial, no. right? Generation Z. I think so. Right on the cusp, yeah. Okay, right on the cusp. But um, your group is very caring. Very, um, they want to they want to learn. It's 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 incredible how uh, the millennials want to stay away, but now the Generation Z wants to hear, and they and they and they share, and I think they do more community service than anybody else I've ever seen. Um, and so, I haven't. That's a great opportunity for me to continue to teach because this group wants to learn; they absorb everything, um, and so uh, that's what I'm going to continue to do. And I'm hoping that this Generation Z. And the next generation is really going to continue to change things, not mm-hmm. just stay. You know, one of the things that people say, um, you know, uh, well, we back in the day or when two years ago we did. And I'm not about that. I'm, I'm about, yeah, two years ago. That was great. What has changed in two years? 
And how do we make the next two years a little bit different? Yeah. Keeping the same values, keeping the same morals, that doesn't change, but other things change. How do we get to point A, from point A to point B in a way that's gonna connect and help others grow in a different way, but yet still staying true who you are. Like if, if people talked about me, you'd probably say, Irma's still the same person 20 years ago, but you, when you go to St. Francis, nothing is ever the same. Everything changes constantly. Um, and I, I love that word, change is part of me every day. Um, and so I'm, I might change three times a day just because I love that word. Yeah. Um, I look different just because I, I love that word. Um, so I'm hoping that the next generation, I can continue to inspire, but I'm I'm looking forward to learning from them mm-hmm. how I can continue to change for a better person and yeah. a better athletic program. Cool. Yeah, just really every day improving. It's it's really yeah. great here. So, you know, not to throw it back too far, but in a 2008 interview with ESPN, you said, quote, I can't just see black and white. Everything to me is in color, bright colors. I just see so much more we can do for the student athletes, so much more I can do for myself. My day is full and I love it. And I'm not going to stop until I'm successful. At that point, how did you define success in your position? And now, 12 years later, has that goal been met and has that definition changed? You know, back then, um, I'm going to be honest with you, I was scared. Yeah super scared because I didn't know that you know just not knowing I've, I've already had like five presidents worked with five presidents and so success back then was was just the little things uh I the the change back then was I'm going to give you an example um I knew that we had to look different and and in order for me to connect with the students um not just the student after students mm-hmm. uh, I changed the gear so every team would have to get more gear. We went with Nike, um, throwing Nike, you know, a bone here, but we went with Nike and I said, we're going to look the best. If we can't, if, if anything, if we can't win the next game, we're going to look the best out of everybody in the United States. And the same thing that I did the following year was the website. Yeah. If we can't win another game. That's okay. We're going to look the best on the website. We're going to have the best website. Everybody's going to come on the website. And then the following year was social media. And it, so I always picked something that I could be successful in that it was, you can, it's, it was, it, it was reachable and I could do, and it would not only make me feel good, but it would make the students feel good. The coaches feel good. Um, and that it was, it was attainable and then we can move with it. Um, so moving, what is it? 12 years or 14? 12 years later? Oh, yeah. Golly. Okay. So 12 years later, that mindset doesn't change. And when I look back of all the success, um, the greatest success is when they graduate, but yet when they come back. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I mean, that Morgan is the greatest feeling in the world. That's when you know you're successful, is when you feel that they come back and they share those stories with the young. How can I help you, Irma? Because you helped me. How, How can I? What, what you've done for me, what can I do for others? And I, I always say, you, you inspire five people in one day, you've done a great job. Mm-hmm. But it's important for them to continue to come back and to share those stories with the younger generation that we have, because, and especially with the Generation Z, because they're so, they absorb everything, um, and then run with it. Um, so su- success is, it, I, I find success 
being done not on a bigger scale and if it is that's great but on a daily basis just grinding and making sure that all the little things that matter to people it's a bigger picture so yeah I still see color and I and I say all the time when I meet with people I said okay the, the, our job is not to be on that page black and white Mm-hmm. Our job is that you're red, I'm green, I'm blue. We're still saying the same thing. We're all different, but we're getting that that same common goal to for the kids to 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 be able to understand what we're trying to teach. Again, teaching, again, staying on the same page, again, different colors. So I do still see different colors. I still it's bigger. I, you know, and as you it's a funny thing, as you get older, um, everything is brighter. To me, the green on the trees is bright. And, and I never understood when I was younger because I said, why are people staring at birds? But now I stare at birds, you know, <laughs> uh, and it's because as you get older, yeah. it's the little things that matter. The little things that matter is going to make a bigger picture better for everyone else. Yeah, that's great. Um, and just, you know, by way of wrap up, we've talked a lot about the next generation. What final words of advice or encouragement can you give for young women, young men of color, and those international students that are looking to pursue careers in collegiate athletics? When you're looking for goals and you want to, you you have to be able to surround yourself with good people. I'm going to say surround, be an avid learner. Mm -hmm. Just ask questions, ask questions. And, 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 you know, with this whole COVID, I start to find that I write words down. And, and I was never someone to write a journal, but you know, it's important to write things down and just go back and reflect. And so it's important to keep going forward, but then take a step back, reflect. In order for you to continue to move forward, reflect. See what you're doing, see what you can improve on. Keep learning, reflect and move forward. Yeah, that's really great advice and definitely advice I will continue to take myself. Um, well, thank you so much for being thank on. You. Thank you. Thank you. NEC are so grateful to have you in our conference and see what you're doing, not just at St. Francis, but on a national scale. And it's been really, really great. And we look forward to what's going to happen in you know, the next few years. Stay in touch, okay? Of course. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right. That was St. Francis, Brooklyn's Director of Athletics, Irma Garcia. And this has been NEC Now.